people are the common ground when we're talking about real estate. People are the commonplace. I want to buy your house and maybe you want to sell your house, hopefully. I really hope that you do. And let them know your intentions. And it's really simple, but people are the very the center of what we do in a very good negotiation. It is not, hey, I want to get a really great deal on your property, which that's that's obvious, right? What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Carrot Cast podcast, the podcast with a funny name, but a big mission. We help thousands of real estate investors and agents grow rock solid mindsets, do better marketing so that you can build a business of freedom and impact. I'm your host, Trevor Mock. Let's dive into today's episode. What's up, y'all? So what you're about to listen to right now is the last in the series. We're calling it the negotiation series, but in this episode, this fourth episode, we kind of break the mold. We, we kind of we kind of take the negotiation word and all of the crust that comes worth with the word negotiate, and we toss it out the window, and we show how Adam and Brent, uh, Bo, or Adam and Bo, Bo Hollis and Adam Johnson, how they actually approach uh, approach negotiating uh, in a completely different way than most investors are. And they're winning big time. You know, Bo closes 15 to 20 deals a month as a one-man operation. I'm, a, I'm business partners with him on one part of things. Adam is one of the most amazing uh, real estate investors and negotiators. But what we talk about in this episode, y'all, are a few big things. Number one, we talk about empathy and how truly uh, being empathetic with your, your clients and how to uh, become empathetic, how to build trust with your clients immediately and quickly uh, is key and critical to cracking through in this market. No longer can we just show up to houses with a script and with a checklist of things and start to rattle them off. Uh, Bo and Adam walk you through exactly what they say in the first five minutes of talking with the seller to really break down those walls. How do you build trust? How do you start to build that connection and friendship with the sellers in a quick amount of time to dramatically increase your, your ability to serve those sellers, but also your ability to close more leads into deals. And so in this whole series, which you guys can find the whole series at carrot.com forward slash close. That's carrot.com forward slash close, or you can go to carrotcast.com for all of the uh, the show notes to subscribe to our entire podcast and our YouTube channel. Uh, but what I want you guys to do is really put, sit back and say, I took all of the, the amazing information in the first three episodes with the scripts, with the things to say, with the processes and the steps. And I want you to take those now with everything that Bo and Adam walk you through on how do you now step into truly serve people well with those powerful techniques and tactics? How do you truly build empathy, truly build trust, do it fast, do it ethically, and enjoy your business even more? All right, guys, we're going to dive in with Adam and Bo uh, from Simply Sold and down in Mississippi. Adam's crushing it right now in this episode. Go to carrot.com forward slash close for all of the resources, the scripts, the templates. Uh, go to carrot.com forward slash close for all four videos in this series. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to this series on, on we, we're calling it the negotiation series, but at the end of the day, like if we really boil it down, at the end of the day, it's how do we uh, close more of the leads we're already getting into more deals? Like how do we sell, help more of the people that actually are reaching out to us? And, and I think one of the things that a lot of people, uh, especially investors and you know, agents are, as well, they'll think about negotiation as how do I, you know, kind of like pull one over on somebody? How do I negotiate and get something from somebody? At the end of the day, what, what we're trying to do is how do we just serve more people? And I brought on two amazing, amazing guys. I want to introduce you guys to both uh, Carrot Camp alumni, but amazing dudes that I love them to death. I would trust them with anything. And, um, and they're amazing at negotiation. But what, what, I want, what I want to say is like, let's pull the word of negotiation almost out of this episode and say, how do we just better care for the people that we're talking to and increase the, our chances of working with them versus them working with somebody else? Okay, so I want to introduce the two fellows you guys see on here, Mr. Bo Hollis and Adam Johnson. So I'm going to start left to right over here. Uh, Bo, why don't you uh, a minute or so introduce who the heck you are. You've been on the CareCast before. Uh, we're, we're, now, we're now business partners uh, in, in yes. one respect, which I'm pumped about. But uh, once you introduce people who you are and, and give people context for what you do. Yeah, um, my name is Bo Hollis and I live in Louisville, Kentucky, and I run a couple of different businesses. And my main business is called Simply Sold, and that is our brand that we run. And you know, I came out of a, a heavy sales background in life insurance mm. and uh, very heavy in the belly-to-belly -belly sales style of business. And uh, we sit in front of people direct. You know, I did door knocking. 
and uh, sold a lot of policies and life insurance. And so it was a sales trainer for large, large insurance companies, you know, household names for insurance. And I was a sales trainer for those guys and came out of, uh, that's my background on sales and negotiation was that and brought that into uh, what we're doing here in buying houses. And uh, it's very, very similar. So uh, I love working with people. It is, it's the, the passion, you know, people are the passion behind what we do here. Dude. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on uh, specifically uh, is number one, you're, you're currently a one man show, right? Like you don't have a, a team of employees. Um, mm-hmm. And if the, if any of these numbers are wrong, you know, let me know, but uh, you sure. do, you know, over 20 deals a month, at least, you know, very consistently. We've been uh, pushing multiple, that yeah, recently. Yes. Isn't that crazy? And, and multiple million dollar a year, you know, business with the wholesaling and, and everything else you have going on. Um, and so when, when people look at it and you go, well, shoot, how, how does one scale up uh, a business without having to scale up a bunch of employees. Well, that's a whole nother call. But if you can actually close more of the leads you're getting, you don't have to Mm -hmm. be chasing all these unqualified leads and build a team to chase all these unqualified leads. You can just serve more people. So um, Bo is one of the best. And uh, with, with respect to what we're doing together, and uh, I I think this is a high, high close rate because I see what other people do. Uh, you might be, you might go, man, I just wish I closed all seven, but we started investing together in, in that market. Uh, and with Google pay-per-click leads, three of the seven leads that came through in the first, uh, the first three weeks, Bo got under contract. One week closed already cash and bank within two to three weeks of starting the campaign. And then the other two were you know, on, on deck and uh, guys, almost a 50% um, lead to close ratio. And these are high profit deals too which is cool. So uh, Adam, dude, what's up, man? Adam Johnson, uh, same thing. Dude, so pumped to meet you at a care camp and at Max Maxwell's event originally uh, a handful of years before that. But dude, who are you? Why the heck are you on this? Like, why did I bring, uh, bring, bring you guys on this episode about negotiation, close more deals? After you did that introduction for Bo, I'm not real sure why I'm on here. <laughs> no, dude, there's a very, very specific <laughs> the, uh, reason. That's going to be tough to feel um, or tough to compete with, but uh, no, I'm Adam Johnson, South Mississippi. Uh, been doing real estate for I think October 11th is eight, 19 years. Mm. Maybe 19 years. Yep. Um, a lot. We've never done it as a big operation until a few years ago. We started scaling it up. Did uh, insurance like Bo did. Um, had a couple PNC agencies. A um, little bit of life insurance, but not much. Mainly PNC. Um, but I've, I've found a real passion for real estate. Like this is the thing that I really get excited about when I wake up in the morning. Um, and a lot of what we do is the creative side, um, which is one of the things I'm excited to talk about today, what we're going to lead into, but, um, we don't really have a set business model. Um, we don't go in, we don't just wholesale. We don't just flip. We don't just buy and hold. We don't just do anything with, you know, buying on terms, selling on terms, we, we do all of it. Um, and a lot of the times people ask, you know, well, how do you determine what you do? And it's by the seller, um, which I think we're going to talk, kind of expound on a little more. Yep. Um, but that's what got me here. Done, uh, had a, the privilege of working with a lot of good people, doing a lot of deals, some really off the wall stuff. <laughs> um, and it's just fun. It's, it's exciting. Every day there's something new that I, I come across that I don't know that I've got to reach out, do research on, and it just, it stays exciting. Hmm. Dude. And the reason I brought you on here is, is number one, you're like one of the easiest guys in the world to talk to. Uh, and, and the, the way that I, I love that you approach working with sellers and, you know, working with us as well is, is it's always like we've been best friends for a while. And, and that's something I think you do have a unique ability with that just in general, but there's some things people can learn from you to on how can we show up and like you said, truly solve uh, the seller's problem without having to look at everything into a, in, into a certain box. How do we really build trust and build empathy uh, during that process? You guys are both amazing at that. So uh, what, what I want to do is I want to pull back and kind of dive into a couple of questions here first. So uh, what, one of the biggest things that, that I've found anyway, that people have had some, some troubles with when they're going in there to talk to a seller or to quote unquote negotiate is separating the tactical. I need to say things in this order and do this and say this certain sentence that gets people to think over the the ear, like all these tactics from the actual empathetic side of things from the actual, like caring about the person. 
I don't want to toss it to you guys. You guys can kind of decide who, who to go first. How do you guys approach a seller when it first comes in? And how do you do it possibly differently than others teach or, or others do? So I came out of a, you know, like I said, a very heavy sales door-to-door background in life insurance. And we literally had, we door knocked and I trained agents. I had 25 agents working for me. I traveled around the country training people for uh, these massive companies, you know, Beach of Omaha, Transamerica. And I was good at my job, you know, but we actually carried a binder with us and it was like presentation style of, Hey, we're going to flip chart flipping style of sales at the beginning. And when I, I had never sold anything, I thought all salespeople were uh, dropouts of college. That was my main, <laughs> that was my, in all was, fairness, most of us were. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I actually believe that at some point in my life, I don't believe that now. So, um, I wish I would have dropped out of college uh, sooner. Um, but I, I was really a chart flipping kind of a salesperson at the beginning because I didn't have the skill set that I needed. And so it was, I was very afraid of going into something and we were going to, hey, this is who I am. We're going to flip these charts and, and you're sitting in front of a person, you know, talking about something that, hey, you're going to have to die to use this product and you're going to have to pay for it your entire life. And they're getting wide eyed and you know, it became a really odd sales thing. And so I realized that there was one thing in common uh, in every sales thing that I went to, it was people. Hmm. People had, and everything I was doing, I was selling to people. And, you know, the products matter, but the, the people are really what, who we deal with. That is one thing, everything, every single thing comes in, is in common with all, all sales. And, and you know what, another thing I really realized was that, when you're going to negotiate with somebody and you're sitting down with them, you know, we do this for a living, right? We talk about real estate for a living. We're talking about, we eat and sleep this stuff. And, you know, we, we don't really have to, we can go look in a house and I can look at a house almost from the outside and I can buy blind now. Uh, um, I bought a house last week and I, I literally thought this morning, I, I bought it yesterday. I thought this morning, I never even went and saw this house. I don't know what the inside looks like. I literally, I cut a check personally and wrote it. And I didn't even see the house. And we were, my point is that we're very used to this. And when you're talking to a person who maybe they've had a house for 30 years or 20 years, recently I've had a lot of people tell me, this is the first time I've ever done this. I've never sold a home before. And we have to sometimes just back up and we have to realize that people are the common ground when we're talking about real estate. People are the commonplace. And we sit down and the framework of what we do in negotiation is that we have, we all have a common goal in mind. Mm-hmm. It is that I want to buy your house and maybe you want to sell your house. Hopefully I really hope that you do and let them know your intentions. Mm-hmm. And it's really simple, but people are the very, the center of what we do in a very good negotiation. It is not Hey, I want to get a really great deal on your property, which that's, that's obvious, right? And dude, so one, one thing that pops up to me that I want to toss this to you, Adam, is, is you mentioned, Bo, people are obviously the one common thing with all these interactions. And for, for me, when I really pull back and go, okay, let me eliminate all the tactics. Let me eliminate all the techniques, all the scripts. Not saying those are bad. Those are, are good because you have to learn how to kind of guide through. There are certain things that, that work better than others, right? Yeah. But um, when we eliminate the tactics and, 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 and scripts and stuff like that, and we just think about there's a person on the, other, on the other end of this, like you said, who has a problem, who truly is in some sort of pain in some way, and they reached out to you for help right? It's like they reach out to you for help. And, and a lot of people are literally showing up going, okay, uh, you're, like I said, you're a piece of meat on the other side of, over there. I'm going to go through my list and say the right things, but I'm not yes. going to truly have empathy. I'm not going to truly just think about like, what are you going through and how can I truly help you? And then we're going to start to, you know, dive into the real estate um, transaction side of it. And it's so, it's so critical because as soon as you, number one, I think people will love the business more. To when they when they stop trading it so tactically that I've got to go up and hit all the notches and go like, dude, this is my chance to meet someone new, and my chance to give someone a smile, right? Yep. Um, it's so big. So Adam, Adam, for you, man, uh, and same thing, you're amazing at this. Is there anything that you do differently uh, than what most people would do, uh, or even most people teach? And and kind of how do you 
create empathy quick um, and use it? So I'll tell you, then I'll give you the, the turning point for me when a lot of this really um, got adopted, I guess would be the best word for it, or implemented. Um, I, I like to think of myself as always being a pretty empathetic person. Um, but, you know, a lot of people don't know this. Seven years ago, I went from semi-retired, just everything that I, I wanted out of life, I had it, and I was steadily growing year over year. <clears throat> and within 12 months, I got divorced. Mm. I put everything into one business deal that went south real quick. Mm. I lost two houses to foreclosure. And then the final straw was watching my car get hauled away. Gotcha. Um, it's really tough to imagine what it's like in, in a bad situation without having been there. Hmm. Um, but what I like to do, so for me personally, before I go on an appointment, you know, most of the time we have an idea of what the indicator is by the time we get to the appointment, if it's an online lead, you know, we do a little back end research. Are they current on their taxes? Is it listed anywhere? Like it might be coming up as, as delinquent, um, you know, are, is anything on this property listed in probate, just kind of, you know, touching on some of those indicators. And then a lot of times we get them, if it's not an inbound lead, you know, we already know what list we're mailing to. Hey, they're 65 plus with high equity and whatever, uh, in a two-story house, whatever the case is. Um, but really being able to go like just that few minutes before you get out of the car and being able to say, hey, all right, these people are up for foreclosure in 60 days, mm -hmm. right? Like, what does that really mean? Yeah, It means that, Obviously, they, they were in a position where they were paying for something. They could afford it, got approved for it, and now they can't, which means that something has changed in their life. It could be a health reason, a divorce reason, a, a, a job reason, a, just a gazillion different things. And I think a lot of times it's easy for us to get caught up in the motions and just say, oh, well, they're up for foreclosure. There's six, you know. 12 packs of empty beer cans on the porch yeah. and, and oh, no wonder they're behind, yep. you know, but, but if you actually think like, Hey, listen, by the time somebody's behind on their house, they're behind on all their other stuff, mm. right? Like the cable's been long gone. Electricity has been cut off a couple of times. Mm. Cars are probably way behind. They've probably exhausted all the people that, that they know and trust and love. Yeah have bailed them out a few times. So they really like, they're at the point, everybody is beating them up. Yeah. Right. Everybody. And if you've never been in that situation, I can tell you it's the only thing you want to do is stick your head in a hole. Yeah. Like that's it. So number one, the fact that they meet with you is, is a huge win, but also just going in and talking to people like, it's, it's amazing to me, like play, play a little game, right? Like here's a fun thing to do that I used to do in the beginning when I realized this, but put yourself in their shoes and think about what it really means if you were just that somebody published your name in the paper that you're about to get foreclosed on your house yep. and all that goes along with that, mm -hmm. right? The, the bill collectors, they call about everything. If your house is getting foreclosed on, you ain't paid a credit card bill in years, mm -hmm. right? So take that, but then also... When you go up, try to figure out what it is. Let your judgmental self just take take a, a leap and just try to figure out, hey, first guess is they got behind on this because they drank too much and they lost their job, hmm. right? And then wipe that away, go inside and figure it out. And what you'll find a lot of times is, is that, hey, these people lost a, a child 12 months ago, uh, mm. right? I mean, I haven't had to experience that one. But I know what little stuff I experienced was bad enough. I can't even imagine what losing a child would be like. Mm -hmm. Or somebody that, hey, they showed me medical bills and pictures. They were in the hospital for six months, mm -hmm. right? That They're probably not coming back from it. Well, I mean, they're alive and they're happy to be alive. But financially, they may not really ever recover. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times there's always a, a good reason behind why they're in that situation. It's just whether or not you are willing to really figure it out. Mm. Um, and I think if I don't want to take up too much time, oh, about, good, I, I thought of an analogy earlier. Uh, I think that kind of sums up probably from the sound of it, Bo's approach and my approach. 
And that is, I think about like shoe shopping, right? Like I've gone shoe shopping before and somebody like you walked in the door and they said, Hey, if we can help you with anything, let us know. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't even know what I'm looking at. I got, all I know is my feet feel awkward all the time and shoes feel more awkward. Mm -hmm. Like that's it. But then there's occasions where you go in and somebody says, Hey, what are you looking for today? Hey, I, I think I want some tennis shoes. Okay, well, what are you going to be doing with these tennis shoes? Are you, are you just more for every day at work and you're out and about? Are you running with these? Are you a cross-country runner? And they start asking you questions and things you've never even thought about. But it's because they know shoes and they care enough about you to figure out how to take their knowledge and apply it to your unique situation. Mm. And, and we always, as, as buyers, right, like that's the one we walk away. We spent 200 bucks when we swore we weren't going in there to buy anything to start with. But we're happy we did it because we got something that really suited us. Mm. Like not everybody else, but really suited our feet. Dude, and, this, it's, and it's just a different experience. This, this is so good. I, I want to go deeper with both of you guys on, on those topics there, because like you were saying, truly understanding their situation and, and also removing that judgment uh, up front, removing the judgment of what it could be or uh, you know, they deserve it kind of a thing or, oh man, of course, re removing that, but then truly trying to put yourself in the, those shoes. And like you were saying, Adam, uh, you, you have gone through a similar situation with being foreclosed on and having your car towed away and, and losing everything. Um, uh, but for, for those who haven't out there, uh, I want you guys to, to do your best, you know, talk and ask those next sellers that you're talking to, how, you know, how does that feel? Um, you know, talk to them about how things actually, like actually care about how, how they got into that situation. Ask them, you know, all kinds of, we'll dive into the types of questions they do, but truly try to feel it because I think it's going to number one, not only help you be more successful. Number two, it's going to help you enjoy your job more. I think so you're gonna make connections with people, which can be amazing. Um, so one of the big things is, is trust, right? And uh, when we're in there talking with a client, whether it's me talking with you guys becoming a carrot customer or, you know, you guys talking with the seller, what are some of the ways that you guys pretty darn quickly build that trust and build that rapport with people? My, I'm going to say mine is in two parts. Um, number one, asking questions about their favorite subject, mm. right? Which is always them, mm. right? Like I want to know, I want to know who you are and what got you to this point where me and you are having a conversation in your living room. Mm -hmm. Like, tell me about your kids. Tell me about your hobbies. Tell me about your work. Sometimes, and like you were saying, Trevor, sometimes you learn some really cool stuff and you meet some really, really phenomenal people with phenomenal stories that you would have never heard otherwise. It's fascinating. But, but then also to, to really figure out like, Hey, how do I take my knowledge and apply it to these people? How do I help them yeah. with what I know? Um, and I think the other big thing is just being honest with people up front. Mm. I, I think when people are really apprehensive, we're very clear on the fact that, Hey, listen, there's about a 5% chance I'm going to buy your house today. Mm -hmm. Right. So let me just go ahead and take 95% of your worry about me pressuring you into anything. Like you can take 95% of that and throw it out the window. We buy about 5% of the houses that come across my table. Mm -hmm. um, if we're not a good fit for you, one thing that we do focus on is being helper, helpers, not haggers, right? Like that's our motto, mm -hmm. but being helpful, whether or not we're a good fit. And what that means is, is we'll come in and based on our knowledge, no, we're not real estate, we're not agents, we're not accountants, we're not attorneys, but I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. I might refer you to some because they may be a better fit for you. Cool. But when I leave here today, I just want to make sure that you have a clear understanding of, of what I think your options are if I was in your situation, knowing what I know about real estate. Mm, that's good. And it's a like just that little bit of, of, Hey, take the pressure off before we even get started goes a long way. Dude. I, I love that. But, but what about for you, man? When, when you're, when you're talking with the seller or even let, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's reverse lead comes in, right? Lead, lead comes in. Or is there anything we'll start with Bo? Is there anything that you guys do before you even talk with the seller text, you know, whatever it is, or even on that first call, what do you guys do immediately to build that trust, that connection, that rapport, if anything? Before you walk oh, in that house, I want to see, or I do my research, kind of like what he was talking about. I want to do my research on the property, kind of figure out 
what I'm getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that was really good for me in, um, in life insurance sales was that I think most people have said this about me, not that I'm saying this about myself, but people say I'm unassuming. <laughs> you know, I don't look like a threat, you know, like, so when I walk in, when I, I would always shave, when I would sell life insurance, because I look young, when I shave, I look a lot younger yeah. and they would call me baby face. <laughs> and so I would always um, stay shaved. And when I would walk into an appointment, I, I would be unassuming. So when I, when I go to a house now, I don't care about shaving anymore, but I would do all my research prior to going to the house to see what trouble they're really in. Because one thing I've f- figured out in life is that most people lie. I was not aware of this. <laughs> they're doing at, that in Kentucky too? They lie, man. They, they, they don't tell the truth all the time. And uh, so I had to do my research. And then I just go in, once I know everything, like if I can find out in five minutes if they've what all their problems are in life. Right. Mm. Basically. And I will go into the house and I will not act like I know one thing. And here's kind of the, the thing. When I go into the house, I just want to be their friend. Like he, like he did. Cause what they automatically have right there, number one, they're not, they don't do this for a living. So they have no clue. Mm. Right. Their aunt in California is probably some realtor who's told them that their house is worth 99,000 when it's worth whatever, you know, way less or Zillow told them something, right. They've done their research and uh, they're prepared, right. They're ready for battle. And then you come in and you're just like, Hey, ah, cool. Show me around. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but you really, you've been, you're prepared and people do business. I've learned one thing with, with people who they like and who they trust. Mm -hmm. There's only one person who would do business with somebody who they absolutely hate or they just don't like. And that is a person who's really about to die. Hmm. Like a person who's you're drowning. You're completely going under just like in the movie Titanic. And you've got someone who's, who's, Hey, come take my hand. Right. Hmm. You're going to not going to say, I don't like you. You're going to say, heck yeah, buddy. That's the only person who is going to say they're do business with someone who they don't like is if they they have no other option. Hmm. But for most time, we all do business with people who we like and who we trust. So I try to, in my first thing, I try to be, make sure that they like me and build that rapport. Like, I know this is so cliche, right? I've heard some people say, oh, rapport doesn't matter. That is, that is a lie. And it, it is, is so not true. Rapport matters so bad. I mean, so much it and making sure someone likes you. Like, so that's my main goal is when I go into a house, I want that person to like me. Like when I was selling life insurance, if they had a doll collection, man, I was a, I like dolls. If I, not in a false way, like in a fake way, I'm just saying I took a genuine interest in the people that we are with. Mm. You know, I, if they had an old classic Mustang or a Corvette, I, fire it up, buddy. Take mm. me for a ride. You know, I want to be a friend with somebody because it let it, that wall starts coming down when they realize that I, we don't have to duke it out. Yeah. We don't have to really start duking out about my property, that this is a real person and that you're there and you're just a a real person that you can talk to. Mm. Right. So that's step one is getting someone to really trust you and like you. That's, that has to be the foundation of every single negotiation is that they need to kind of like you in some way. Like, I think this guy could do the job and I like him. That is step number one. Dude, and that's that's so cool because what, what you had talked about there once again going all the way back to empathy and going back to like actually connecting with people and and which I think is going to give people more purpose, more connection with their work as an investor too. Uh, is you walk in there and you start to scan and figure out what are some things that it, it seems like they're interested in. Common ground. Do, do Common you, ground. Do, do either of you guys ever ask those types of questions or is it always kind of visual cues where it's like, I see the car or I see the dolls. Do you ever ask anything like that? Uh I, I'm, I'm a visual person. I, I'd like to go in and just kind of wing it. You know, I, I'm, I like just, I'm a, I'm a belly to belly person, right? I'm anti, not anti, I shouldn't say anti, but I'm very much going to property still. I, I think that is, that will make a resurgence very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, going back face to face negotiation. So I'm yep. a, I'm a visual person to answer that question. I like going and just smiling and you know, looking happy and innocent. <laughs> Adam, you were, you were nodding yes back there. What, what do you do to kind of build those, those bonds and connections pretty quick like that? Well, I do, I do use the visual cues a lot. Like that's the, 
that's the easiest place to get started. Um, so I, I have a natural skeptic in me um, where I'm always like, if I'm talking to a salesman about something mm. and they just hit things that are visual cues, like I'm like, Probably. oh, okay, they, they, they've been reading 100%. the book and whatever. But yeah. I try to make sure that like I use those, but I see where else it can get me. Like I mm. try to, it's like a game, right? A little challenge or whatever you want to call it but have two or three visuals that get you going, but find something else that they would not have otherwise shown anybody, told anybody. Um, I mean, I, I'll be honest. My goal on most appointments is I want to laugh with a seller. Or I want to cry with a seller. And if I can 100%. hit those two. It's over. Like, like I've got it. Whether I get it today or five years from now, like that's my deal. Mm. Dude, do you kind of put you on the spot here. Can you remember one from recent memory where, where you did that laughed and cried? And then can you kind of walk into, if, if you don't have one, dude, that's totally cool. But um, uh, and then kind of walk into what the situation was, what it is that you ended up kind of really diving deep on, on the part that you were able to, to, you know, have a good laugh with him, but also on the part that was emotional. I'll give you a real good one. Yeah. Um, it was a lady who was gun shy of everybody. Hmm. Uh, she was getting foreclosed on and she had moved to Alabama and nobody could get a hold of her, right? Like the neighbor was, had a sign out front, little for sale by owner, you know, about this big and number faded off. Cause it looked like they wrote it in one of the, like the little thin Sharpies. And, um, and then when we talked to the neighbor, he, he was trying to sell it up as a retail house. And it was, I mean, it was torn apart. She had been through a really rough divorce. She moved in with her parents in Alabama and me and one of my, my friends here locally were both working on it. And I said, well, look, you know, you're trying to get a hold of her. I'm trying to get a hold of her. If you get her first, let me know. Cause I don't, I don't want to muddy the waters. If I get her first, I'll let you know. So we're not stepping on each other's toes. And so he got a hold of her, talked to her. The only way she would even have a conversation about the house was if somebody came to her hmm. and had it in person. Hmm. So he called me and he was like, all right, this is not my cup of tea. I'm handing it over to you. Let's work it together. If you can get us. And that's fine. So it takes me two phone calls just to get this lady to commit to meet me. If I drive all the way to her hmm. right now, keep in mind foreclosures on a Friday. This is on a Tuesday that we're having these conversations. So Wednesday at 10 a.m. I'm going at 9 a.m. She calls me. She says, are you on your way? I said, yes, ma'am. And she goes, what are you driving? Hmm. I said, uh, you know, white little Cadillac sedan. She goes, okay. She goes, what are you wearing? And I said, you know, I'm wearing khakis, a little, you know, blue and white checker button down, a brown hair, brown eyes, 6'1", like long walks on the beach kind of thing. You know, I'm just I'm going through, but she's just – she has been like, apparently her divorce with her ex-husband was a, mm. a show. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, he was just quite the character from what I, I gathered. Mm. Um, so I get to her house, I pick her up and we go, the only place in town to go sit and talk was the Sonic parking lot. <laughs> so we go sit at Sonic, we order a drink and, um, she went to, we, we laughed a little bit, which took about two hours of sitting in the Sonic parking lot, but she laughed a little bit. I said, all right, we're making progress. We're on the right track. And, and I do want to make a, one disclaimer here. None of this stuff is to take advantage of anybody. Yep. Like there's, there's plenty of times where when I get four hours in a conversation with a seller, I tell them that I am not the best fit for them and that they would be making a bad decision to sell it to me. Mm -hmm. um, I do that all the time, but <clears throat> we're sitting there, get her to laugh a little bit. And then about 40 minutes after that, we get in where she starts telling me the story of what happened. Mm -hmm. Right. And, it, and in bad situations, it's always what you're looking for. you like, when somebody tells you, Hey, this is how we wound up right here in this situation. That's when, you know, you're, you're checking that report box. Yep. Um, so she did it and, and she was getting into the part where she was talking, she was starting to talk about how she was going through divorce and that everything just fell apart. And, and she said, I need a cigarette. Let me, let me get out for just a minute. Let me smoke a cigarette. 
And I said, hey, you don't even have to get out of the car. Let's just roll the window down. We can keep talking. It's not that big of a deal. And um, oddly enough, I think that was what did it. Hmm. And and then she started telling me like the some of the details of her story, the bad parts. She cried a little bit. I cried a little bit. And when we got done, it was, it was about three and a half hours. I think Mm -hmm. Um, when we got done, we drove to the bank together. I gave her $500 in cash because she had zero much. She had $2 and 12 cents. So I gave her 500 in cash Mm -hmm. and I said, let me get back. She signed a contract and a deed (laughs) on the spot. We drove to her, the the bank where she, she used to have an account. And got a, a deed notarized. I brought it home with me. We filed it on Thursday, paid the mortgage off, and stopped the foreclosure on Friday, and then mailed her a check for forty five hundred bucks. Dude. Yeah. Um, and I even told her because when we were sitting there, she said the the payoff came in and it was like forty five thousand dollars, and or maybe forty five and some change. And she said, "Well, I guess if you can just stop the foreclosure, then I guess you know." just do it for the payoff. And I said, I don't think that's the best deal you can do. Yep. And she looked at me like I had three eyeballs. And I said, I, I think you ought to work me a little harder. I think you can get a better deal. And she kind of tilted her head sideways. I said, what about if we just made it 50? Yeah. And a total game changer for her. Mm. Yep. Um, and I think it's just that process of just really like figuring out what it is that somebody needs, what it is that they want and what she needed I think she just needed some, some hope that not every person was a horrible person. Yep. Mm, dude. I mean, like that alone could have changed how she lives the rest of her life and then getting started without a foreclosure and with money in her pocket instead of a deficiency judgment, game changer. But if you don't take the time to, to do that and have those conversations, you know, if, if I'd have been mechanical with my script, that deal would have got foreclosed on. I'd have got outbid at the steps and that'd have been it. Dude. So that, that, that the reason I wanted to dive into the story, man, because that that story, dude, that that unlocks it right there. For for the people that are listening to this, I want you guys to, to let that soak in. I know you've got many more where that came from, Adam. I know, Bo, you've got uh, many, many as well. And I want you guys to let that sink in because it was the human element there. You know, the, the first three episodes of this of this series, we have really talked strategic and tactical a lot. Uh, because it, it, it is important. It's important to know the steps and know the right ways to know, know good questions to dive deeper on their scenario. And that's where a lot of the amazing things that, um, that uh, the other amazing investors taught there. But what we didn't dive into is the human part of it as deep. And that's what I know you guys are so, so amazing at. So Adam, appreciate you sharing that story, dude. Big time. Bo, I want to I toss this, this one over to you. So one thing we were talking on a phone call yesterday, you and me uh, talking about some of the, the, the deals we're doing together. And uh, as a part of the trust equation, and I've been saying this for years, but it was really cool how you said it um, in, in a different way, in a really practical way that everyone listening to this can, can get a lot out of. As you were saying that uh, all the work that you've put in on the carrot side, even though early on you, you weren't getting the, the traction that you'd wanted, you weren't closing the deals that you'd wanted. Now uh, we amplified that with partnering up and we're driving traffic and closing deals pretty quickly. But you're like, dude, because of the content I put up there, because of the trust I built, because of uh, the way that your site's adjusted, that you're showing up to houses and people are talking about that. And how, how for both of you guys, we'll start with Bo. How, how does, and, and I don't want you to like say crap just because I'm on here. Like if you're like, oh, it doesn't make a difference, like say that, right? But um, how, how does having what we call that authority hub built out the right way with your content, with your trust and credibility and videos and testimonials, how does that shape some of that conversation with your sellers to build trust, to build that rapport with them? So, you know, I've done, I've taken the authority thing kind of serious, Um you know, on my website, even on my personal social media stuff, um, any coaching students, this is a requirement that they have is across the board, everything that I do, it is, I have three things that, that I really try to stay true to. Number one, on all platforms across social media, we keep it family. We keep it real estate, if you're in real estate, uh, and some other fun thing that you do. And I do barbecue, yep. right? So on all aspects of social media, we do family, 
mainly it's real estate because I try to keep my family off some things, Mm -hmm. but real estate, family, and fun. Mm. Uh, We stay away from any silliness, no politics, religion, stuff that would be divisive in our culture, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because people, guess guess what they do? They judge. The people judge. And so uh, I know that's a shock to some people, but they do judge. And but people judge. And so I want to keep it very, hey, this is who I am. I am a house buying guy, right? There we go. House, Got the shirt. House, house <laughs> buying guy. And I want people to know that across the board. So when they type in my name, Louisville, Kentucky, or my business name, they are going to see consistently consistency across the board. Mm-hmm. They can scroll back a year they can scroll back to 2020 elections. They can scroll back to whatever they want to scroll back. I am buying houses every freaking day and that this is the guy that I want to do business with. And uh, I want second place is definitely the first loser. I, I, that's how I really feel. And so when someone I pull up to a house, just like I did last a couple of weeks ago, I get out of the call, the car and the guy goes, man, you're everywhere. Hmm. He's like, you're, you're the real deal. That's what he said. You are the real deal. And I said, really? Like I always play the innocent guy. You know, I always play kind of like a silly person, right? I, I, that's my icebreaker, right? I play, I use comedy, right? You can, you be serious or you can use comedy. And I choose to use comedy because people, their life is a lot of times they're going to hell in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. I choose to use comedy yeah. because it's just a, might as well, you know? Uh, so I, I said, really? And he goes, Oh yeah. I looked you up everywhere. You're all over the place. And I was like, Oh, like I, like I didn't know. I was like, Oh, cool. You know? And like, and then he was shook my hand. He was like, awesome, man. And I think it's really important. I really feel like it's a really important thing to document what we do, take ourselves really, really serious in what we do, treat it like a real job. And people will notice that this is the person I want to do business with because guess what? People do business with who they like and who they trust. And they do business with people who they can align with. Mm. Right. And if you can be the middle road, the middle of the road there, just on branding side, a little bit here, the middle of the road, you're not one or the other. You can reach all crowds, right? Uh, you can reach the, the non-Christian person. You can reach the, uh, the, politics on all sides. You just stay that middle of the road. You're going to reach a lot more people and reach an impact is where really where we're trying to, to go, right? Is impacting people. So don't eliminate the opportunity to impact people based on your personal opinions posted all over the place. Oh, dude, I, I, I love it. Love it big time, man. And what, one, one thing on it too, I remember Carter Steph, Carrot Camper, a big investor out of Oklahoma City, uh, when he moved over to Carrot, he, he had like a nice custom, pretty looking website, but he didn't have all the authority stuff built out on there like he did once he came over and, and went through our concierge. And what he ended up saying, he's like, dude, I thought, I thought conversions from visitors to leads would go up. But he said, what I didn't predict was that when you really take the authority hub uh, and the authority concept seriously, that your lead to con- your lead to deal close ratio goes up dramatically. And so w- when we talk about negotiation in this series, right? Yes, we are talking about uh, how, how do you get more deals done, y'all? You get more deals done by getting more leads in, okay? Or you can focus on getting more quality leads in. So you don't have to chase a bunch of un- unqualified leads. So Bo closed three of seven leads in the first few weeks, that's way better than closing one in 40, you know, versus some other type of marketing. Um, but then number two is we'll shoot another way that you can actually increase your deal flow is by being a better negotiator. So closing more of those leads when you show up and talk to them, but then how do you predispose that person to want to choose you before you even show up? Like what, what happens, what happens when they're researching you and two other investors before you ever walk in the door, that's where the authority hub part comes in. It helps to grease the, the whole process with the negotiations, with building trust, with building credibility, because they already know Bo before he gets there. They saw the video of Bo talking about how his process works. They saw the four videos of Bo and, and Sally and Brian and the other clients that those people like to work with Bo and Bo seems like a good dude. And same thing with, with Adam, right? So while we're, while we're thinking about negotiation tactics and techniques, pairing it up with that authority hub is just this amazing, amazing combination that makes it all work better, which is way cool. So I want to talk to you guys. We'll kind of wrap up the last, the last uh, few thoughts here. Um, when, when, when you guys are looking to build empathy, when you guys are looking to build trust, anything that we haven't covered that you think would be 
really valuable for investors to know? Or the other side of the coin, is there anything that you know where you're like, people should stop doing this? Like if you guys are doing this, you're killing yourselves and killing the deal. I mean, I, I have one that I would, I'd, I would feel bad if I didn't throw it in, given the, the topic of conversation here. Mm-hmm. Um, so not to throw this whole thing in the water, but everybody talks about negotiating all the time. Yep. Um, I don't think that most people really understand what it is. Mm. Um, I think that there's a lot of misconceptions out there. Most of them spinning off of the original movie, Wall Street, Mm. right? Like slick back car salesman. We're going to just wear you down with words till you sign here with your own blood kind of thing. Um, I like to use, and this, this is just as simple as I've been able to break down what it is that our focus is. Um, we use negotiating tactics and techniques, right? Like the, the mechanical tactical side that we were, we were talking about earlier, only as a means to get someone to understand and be open to what we present, mm-hmm. which is educating them on what their options are mm. and, the, and the expectations to have for each of those options. Um, that is hands down our number one sales method is to to literally put people down and say hey we think if you'd list it you'd get this much it would take this long and and here's kind of what to expect from that process if you sell it to us we can pay this in cash and be closed in a week or two we can pay this on terms and pay you out over time more money um and here's what to expect of each of those and here's how we think they might affect your situation based on some of the things that you've shared with us today Mm -hmm. Um, given that, which way do you feel like you're leaning to, to start with, Hmm. you know, do you find one that, that doesn't seem as appealing and one that does seem more appealing, um, that education process, even when in your mind, you're thinking, why not list it? Why not do this? Why not do that? Um, a lot of times people pick us just because we were honest, we were upfront, we shared all of their options and they said, eh, you know what? We don't want to list it. We don't want to go through all that. We'd rather sell it to you. That's a fair price. Let's go. And that happens all the time. But what also happens for us is that when those folks, when they go try a different route and it doesn't work hmm. and they come back, that's my deal. Yeah. Like hands down. Hmm. But it, it's, it's not because I negotiated their socks off. It's because I, I negotiated them to be an open-minded, to be an educated on what all their options were. Dude, that's um, good, man. Drastically different than just somebody in submission. Dude, I love it. I love it. I love it. Bo, in any, any kind of closing remarks on your end, is there anything that you're like, dude, people should stop doing this or, or anything that we, that we didn't have a chance to say that, that people should start doing to build rapport and, and trust and empathy more? You know I think that so many people, they, they get a list of things that they hold up a list and they'll see all these scripts. And I have to ask this question at this time and I have to say this. And if they say this, I'm going to say, Hmm, or if they do this, I'm going to step back and say, Oh, I don't know. Or they're going to, they, they feel like they have to follow these exact steps and rules in a negotiation because they're so they act, they act like little robots, right? And they have this little formula of offer formulas and they're just, they're kicking out offers because that's the, that's what they've been taught. That's the rules of the game. They have to play within the confines of the rules. And when I just walk in a house, people who shadow me or they're hanging out with me, they're just like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm looking at a house. I'm just, I'm looking around here, looking around. And they think that they're waiting for me to get in here and do these fancy negotiations like, all right, let's sit down and let's do this right now. And there is a time for that. But when you're walking around and you're just talking and over time, it just unravels. The conversation just unravels over time. You just walk around and you're like, so what'd you do today? Well, I don't know. I just went to work. Oh, cool. What do you do? You know, well, I work at Ford. Awesome. Do you like it there? My friends work there. No, he's a union steward. Awesome. What's his name? Bobby. Oh, cool. I know Bobby. Great. And we're looking at gutters and I'm like, oh, look at that. Look at that rat. Or, you know, we're just over time, there's no script. The script is that the person is there. We're talking to them and we're looking at stuff. We're talking about conversations and they're going to say, Oh, look at this little, um, 
look at this hole in the floor here. And I'm like, oh, wow, what, is, what do you what do you think's down there? There's not a body down there, is there? You know, and they're like, oh, heck no. You know, we're just like, we're just, we're having a good time. And right. And I'm following my framework, which is step one, we have to build, we have to get this person to like me. Mm. And we're walking around looking at the house, doing our job while we're doing this. Step two, we're building rapport and credibility in this rapport thing, right? So they're, they're seeing that I'm dropping hints along the way, trails, right? Success leaves clues and the best are brilliant at the basics, right? So we are leaving little clues that I can do the job. I am credible. Yeah, we just closed three last week. I was just at, you know, my attorney, Harry Borders, he's, and they're like, oh man, I know Harry. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, everybody knows him. He's awesome. He's my real estate dad. And they're like, oh my God. You know, so we're laughing. I'm building credibility. And over time, I'm just taking them on a journey of negotiations that they don't know that they're on. Mm. So by the time we get to a transition statement of, hey, let's talk about business. Mm. The wall has come from here of What's their expectation is this guy's coming here and he's going to lowball me on, on price and we're going to have to duke it out and we're going to fight and we're just going to be like Mike Tyson. And no, by the time they, they already have lowered that wall of, and I say, hey, let's, let's talk about price. Let's talk about the house. So what do you want for this thing? You know, they're going to say, well, you're the expert. And I'm going to say, well, they're going to say, well, what do you want to give me? And I say, I want it for free. <laughs> I jump right into the reason I say these kind of things is because sometimes to break down the walls and barriers in a negotiation, you have to say absurd things. And I call it the absurdity proposition. Why do you say these are crazy things, Bo? It's because when you say this crazy outlandish things, there's no reason in the world that these could possibly be true. And that way they just keep lowering down the barrier. And when I say, I want it for free, and they're going to say, oh, my God. And then I'm just like, I'm just kidding. You know, and then oh, then they'll say, well, what do you want to give me? And I say, oh, 20000 And then they're going to say, oh, my God, are you serious? And I say, no, I'm not serious. And then I'll say, typically, this is my transition phrase. Typically, we buy houses in this area between fifty dollars to $87,000. And what am I doing there? And I'm giving a brief overview quickly of negotiations good, for the people who are sitting back there saying, why don't these guys talk about this? Mm -hmm. I give them grace, right? You're giving people grace because they've never done this before, right? They, they feel uncomfortable. So I said, typically, you know, after I said all these crazy things that are silly, then I say the real stuff, right? Of typically we buy in this area, uh, but then I'll say, what do you want? Mm. They'll say, They'll say, well, I don't really know yet. And I said, we well, probably want a million dollars, right? I go back silly again. Yep. And they'll say, well, no, 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 no. I said, okay. But typically we'd be in this range and I can go back serious again. We'll be in this range, you know, depends on what it is. I said, you know, that, that work for you? And they're like, then they're going to say the real number because then they feel comfortable mm. to, to say, well, I would probably would want to be around this range. Then we start talking. Okay, mm. cool. And then I'll go back to looking at the property again. Mm -hmm. And it's all just a kind of a little back and forth a little bit, but letting them know I'm a real guy. And I always let them know at the very beginning too. Um, now I'll end with this, but I, I always will say, Good, you know what? Um, I say, you know what? I really want to buy this house today. I said, you know, if you want to sell it, I am probably your guy and I'm wearing this shirt. I was like, I'm your guy, right? We always laugh about it. And I give them something to laugh. And I said, but you know, at the end of the day, if, if I'm not your guy, I'll still be your friend. I'll still be your friend. And it's okay to tell me no. You could tell me no. You could even say hell no. Mm -hmm. But I want you to know it's okay. I want you to know it's cool. But my goal is to buy the house. And however we can get there and we can get to the closing table, we can give each other a real nice hug. And you can even give me a kiss on the cheek. If it's a lady, you can even give me a hug and a kiss. That's what I want. I want us to take a picture at the end because I always take pictures with my clients and people that we work with. And that just lets them know like, hey, this is this guy's not going to beat me down. Mm. This is going to be real. And we just, they, we just go through the journey of show me what's up. That's all I do. Hey, show me the house. Mm. Lead me along the way. I'm like, cool. So I take them on those journeys and I say silly things but along the way. It just kind of breaks down the barrier of I'm your friend. I can get the job done and I can, 
we can have fun doing it. And it's not just like he said, like Adam's talking about, man, like these people are going through hell, man. Like they really are. I mean, people are going, most of the people that we deal with, right? Why would anybody sell their house at a discount real estate? I'm still trying to figure out this out after hundreds of real estate deals. I still don't know all the, all the times, but like the house that we just closed, man, uh, that one deal that we just did, that lady, that the basement had to be gutted. Somehow the, the they, I still, they still didn't tell me the truth, but the electricity had to have gotten shut off. Mm. They're like, we don't know how this happened. I'm like, I mean, yes, the, the electricity got shut up and the sump pumps went down and the basement flooded. That's yeah. the only way this happens in a new construction home. Yeah. Right. And I, I didn't bust them out. I was just saying, oh, OK, no, no problem. You know, and I'm thinking, man, I know I've changed some pumps in basements like yeah. this basement has to be gutted. But the lady was, you know, she was like frustrated. And I'm like, oh, no worries. This is normal. You know, but he's going to take care of it. Nope. And I let her have grace in the areas that they need to have grace. And I don't need to push on them, push, push, push. I just say, okay, no problem. Mm. I, if they say something, no, no worries. I just, I'm laid back and we just, we just roll with it. And then people, they, they get, they, they just chill out and then they like you. And then, I don't ever give up either. So that's the other thing too. I just, <laughs> I just, I don't take no for an answer. So, dude. So I, I want to transition to that part just for the last few minutes, and I want to let people know, hey, where the heck can they follow both of you guys? And and also, I, I think there's there's one really cool thing in here that you guys have both talked about, lot, you know, uh, having people know you, like you, trust you. And I even get like, I know you guys, I like you guys, I trust you guys. That's why you guys are on here. Uh, but I think people listening to this and watching this get the same feeling, right? The way that you talk, the way that you show up, you're confident. You're very confident what you do because you've done it a lot of times. Uh, but just the way you guys show up, it's not, it's not scripted. It's not paced. Yes, you do have things that you are going to say. You have things that you're that you routinely say, and, and it works to transition the conversation. But you can just tell how they're showing up. This is probably exactly like the way that they show up to the to the sellers, which is great. Um, but one thing that you, that you did had meant that you did mention before uh, following up a lot with people. So I shared these on Instagram a couple of times. I shared them uh, carrot casting or carrot camp. You came on and talked to some of the campers last or a couple of weeks ago. And uh, these aren't the exact numbers, but two of the deals that we've closed, one was like 87 text messages and 20 something phone calls. And the other one was like 70 something text messages and 20 or 30 phone calls. And this is a matter of like a few weeks, right? And this isn't yeah. Bo's, this isn't Bo's cold calling team. This is Bo, like Bo doing this. On and, my phone. On right your here. phone. And <laughs> one, one thing that Adam had mentioned earlier was, was the situation with a lot of these sellers. Everything's, everyone's coming down on them. And they're in pain, like they really need help. And, and sometimes like you had mentioned, Adam, that they just have their, you know, they just kind of bury their heads and go, I just don't want to come up. And that's one of the things that really jumped out for me, Bo, is you had mentioned that on a call with us too, is like people are going through stuff and, and in order to serve them well, you need to be disciplined to get back to them until the deal's gone somewhere else. Most investors are going to call three, four, five times, make three, four, five text messages and then bounce. Um, how, how much do you guys think that, that being relentless with good, honest, ethical follow-up, you're not hammering them, you're not making it annoying. How, how, um, how much does that play into winning some of those deals, Bo, that you've won there? And then number two, are there some things that people can do with text message and phone calls to follow up a lot without feeling like they're getting hounded? Yeah, let me say this. They, they, they might get hounded a little bit. Well, yeah, but-, but <laughs> They might get hounded a little bit. Yeah. Uh, however, it is in their best interest mm -hmm. in, in certain situations. It is in their best interest. Like uh, Adam was dealing with that lady. He had a certain period of time mm. before time ran out. Yep. Right. So there are some things that Adam did perfect because he had a certain amount of days, Tuesday to Friday. Yep. Right. But basically Thursday night at midnight or eight o'clock Friday morning. So he had a certain amount of time that he had to make sure this was done in. So we know these things right prior to our conversations. So if a person is an inbound lead, right to us at a carrots at a carrot lead, which what we have going on, mm -hmm. if it is an inbound lead, they sought me out. Mm -hmm. This person sought me out and they said, yes, they raised their hand and said, I want to sell my house. And they answered all my questions on the step two lead form. And they said, I want to sell my house fast. I want cash at closing. Closing. They, 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 they checked all the boxes and they are a perfect candidate for Bo Hollis. 
I am going to follow up with them. I'm going to have a conversation. And, but here's what I figured out in all of the years of doing this and all the deals that we've done, which Adam, I'm sure is going to say the same thing. Well, many of these people are not capable currently of making quality decisions. It took me a long time and a lot of pain to figure this out. They are not capable of making quality decisions anymore. The reason why you're going to go into homes that have roof holes in the roof or people haven't made mortgage payments in 22 months or they haven't made payments is because they have buried their head in the sand. They don't want to deal with the pain anymore. They're just like, man, I just can't deal with it. Just the, the deal that I, all those text messages to that guy, he is, uh, his ex-girlfriend lives in the house with a new boyfriend and children. And he is his home. Like he's living with his parents now. Like this is a painful topic for him to talk about. And every time he talks about it with me, he's just like, oh my God, I don't want to talk about this anymore. And Every time my phone number pops up, I'm sure he's thinking, that's the dude who want to talk about this pain in my life. That's what he's mm-hmm. thinking. He's, co- he's correlating it. So when we're following up, I preface all of this just to say this is like these people are not making quality decisions, not all the time, but some of the time when they are dealing with personal pain, mm-hmm. personal pain properties mm-hmm. that they have gone through hell. So we need to be very diligent, I will say at follow-up to let them know, hey, I want to buy this house. This is something I really would love to do. And just be really, really diligent about it. Follow up like crazy. Six, seven times, it is not enough. That is elementary. (laughs) (laughs) Elementary to really get to the level because this guy took, it was 85 text messages to uh, get this guy. And what I had to do was I had to go, go, go at him and let him know, hey, I want to buy Buy the house, want to buy the house, want to buy the house. And then what you do when when it's been too much and it's over the top, you'll pull back and you apologize. Give them grace. Mm-hmm. Give them grace. Say, hey, I'm so sorry. You know, I know that um, you know, you're going through a lot right now. And I've got a couple, got nine days before I got to spend an extra eighty thousand dollars on this property, whatever. And give them grace. Say, hey, hit me up next week. Give them a little time, go back and forth, back and forth, and keep pursuing and make them tell you no. And then just do that because this guy really, he got on the phone. He's like, man, he, what literally what he said was, man, this is really hard for me to do. And he called me crying because I don't know what to do. Hmm. And I said, man, I said, can I be honest with you here? And he goes, yeah. I said, do you actually really want to sell this home? And he goes, absolutely. I really do. I said, can I help you really quick? He goes, yeah. And I said, man, here's how, here's what we're going to do. And I led with that phrase. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to take him by the hand, talking about you and the seller, whoever's listening to this right now, take him by the hand. Here's what we're going to do today. We're going to start the paperwork. We're going to get the process started. You go in the, the, the easy to take words like that, right? Is we're going to get the contract going. I'm going to send you a contract right now. No, we're going to start the process. And it's easy because they're letting go of all this pain in their life. They're letting go of all of these things and they need a friend, right? This people could be living his ex-girlfriend shacking up with some dude. And oh my God, living in a house. I mean, this is heavy stuff that people are going through. And this is just a sample of what everybody is either doing in wholesaling right now or about to jump in. If you're listening to this business, Mm -hmm. we are in the people business Mm -hmm. and it's so much more than just, Hey, I'm going to say the right things at the right time. And I'm going to say this and, all of these fancy things, we're fixing people problem. This business yep. is all about other people and real estate is certainly a very nice byproduct of yeah. what we do. Dude, very well said, man. Well, guys, this has been awesome. I, I, think, we, I think we drove it home. I, I, I think we drove it home, guys. Uh, right there, Bo ended it well with, this is a people business. Dude, Adam, uh, you walking through that scenario with that gal, I think that, that, that's the epitome of that right? There, there are so many investors who would never even think about making that drive because they're thinking about themselves primarily. Like number one, I don't want to make the drive because it's a long drive and this and that I've got things to do or whatever it is. And yes, you're going to make a great profit on that for solving a big problem, right? And, and that's, that's where you get compensated. You solve big problems, you make, make great money. 
But at the end of the day, you changed that gal's life potentially, right? You gave her hope. You gave her cash and he gave her hope. And, and I think that's, that's the big deal is, is you know, one of our core values that cares add humanity to business and, and what you guys do and why I wanted to bring both you guys on is I truly think that you truly know you guys add humanity to the equation and the real estate side of it. And I wanted to make sure we had a lot of that in here in this series. And if you guys want to follow Adam, want to follow Bo, where can guys find out more about you? Where can they follow you guys? Uh, Adam Justin Johnson on Facebook is probably the easiest one. Um, uh, just bear with me if you send me a message. I'm not the best. Trevor can verify. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm right saying. there with you, man. I'm, I'm right there with savvy. you. Cool. I like it. Bo, where can you find him, man? Oh, I'm on Instagram at Bo Hollis, and that's not B O for people who are listening to this on uh, audio. It is B E A U. So Bo Hollis, and uh, on Facebook and Instagram. So. Well, and you got to tell the Louisiana people that there's not an X on the end either. Oh, yeah, that's very, very true. Yes, very, very true. I, the Louisiana French crowd, I'm sure that uh, they 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 would be appreciative of that. I love it. We'll, we'll link it up below, guys and gals. But Adam Brent or Adam Adam Brent Adam Bo, appreciate you guys big time on hopping on here with me and uh, just just like pouring out to our community here. So everybody, go to carrot.com forward slash close carrot.com forward slash close to get the entire series in this negotiation series and also the resources from the guests. Okay, uh, we do have scripts, we have guides, we have things that you can say, and I want you to wrap it in the in the spirit of what we talked about in this episode. Here, go to carrot.com forward slash close for the whole series and all of the downloadable elements that you can go and work into your business. Guys, appreciate you tuning into this whole series. If you want to hear another series on a topic, hit me up on Instagram, trevor.mock, that's M-A-U-C-H. Let us know what you want us to dive into in the future on the podcast here on YouTube. And we're going to drop more value than we've ever dropped this next 12, 24, 36 months. So thank you guys. Subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and um, Bo, Adam, thank you guys very much. Have an amazing rest of the week, y'all. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you, guys.